Greetings, greenhouse people. This is going to be fun because I think that the trend we've seen in tropical and foliage plants over the last few years is exciting. We've heard about plant parents who are the folks who care for plants the same way they care for a pet and even children to some extent and the younger generations of gardeners as well as plenty of others in the same house plant tribes flocking to garden centers and non-traditional horticulture retailers like urban plant shops and even farm markets in search of some interesting house plants that they see on Instagram or TikTok or all over social media. And wholesale growers and retailers who've been riding the trend have seen significant growth in terms of both interest and sales. And thankfully, the, the trend doesn't seem to be fading. So if you're not in the game yet, you really haven't missed the wave. But on the other hand, what I'm seeing out there is that the hot plan of the day seems to change really rapidly. So staying aware of the different genera and having a wide range of different plants available seems pretty critical. I'm Bill Calkins, host of Tech on Demand, and that's exactly why I'm calling on my buddy, Andrew Britton, a tropical and foliage expert to help us all understand the most common genera available and run through a pretty long list of A to Z tropical and foliage plants to help you understand how to produce them. Andrew has an impressive resume built as a head grower, production manager, technical advisor, and sales manager for some of the largest and most cutting edge greenhouses in North America. And he has produced and grown dozens of genera. And he's here to share everything from plant origins and varieties available two types of starter material and brief cultural best practices. But that's really enough out of me. Welcome, Andrew. How are you doing today? Doing great. Thanks for having me. Awesome. Well, it is time to get down to business and learn about the most common tropical and foliage. Sounds good, Bill. Well, I want to first start off by saying I do have a, a fairly good list of common genera on the foliage side of things. But please understand that by no means is this a full list. There's a lot of items out there. Um, some that are also very popular just couldn't make the list and make it in enough time that we can make the presentation. So with that in mind, let's jump on in. So one of my favorite plants are aglaonemas. They're also uh, referred to as a Chinese evergreen. They're very good in low light environments, relatively easy to grow. They are not a fast grower. They're definitely going to be on the slower side. Um, in the past, aglaonema had typically been green and white variegated varieties. But over the past 10 years, we've seen a lot of colored varieties come onto the market, especially with a lot of reds and pinks. So we have a lot of really good variability within aglaonemas at this point. Uh, aglaonemas are typically produced from cuttings. You can find some that are from tissue culture, but the bulk of them will be from a cutting. Aglaonemas grow by creating suckers out from the base of the plant, and those suckers are cut off and used as the unrooted cutting to create the new plant. Alocasias, I lump in alocasias and colocasias together. Um, they are typically from rhizomes and typically produced uh, from tissue culture as well. There's varieties that are very small, good for four inch, six inch pots, up to varieties that are six feet tall with very large leaves. They like bright light indoors and part shade outdoors. 
They will flower, but the flowers are fairly insignificant. They're typically grown for their large leaves and beautiful leaves. Alpinia. This is uh, ginger. Uh, typically, the flowering variety is either a red color or a pink color. But there's also a variegated ginger on the market as well that's predict, uh, predominantly sold for its foliage, not for its flowers. It's a very unique plant. As it flowers, it actually forms pups on the flowers. And then those pups are taken off to create new plants. Over time, they will produce a rhizome. And uh, like I said before, they're typically uh, produced from pups. They will also sucker from the ground. Aphelandra is a real neat plant. It's got a very uh, sophisticated look, really uh, good looking foliage. Can be sold just as its foliage, but it will flower. You can see the yellow inflorescence there. It will typically last about six weeks when it flowers. This is a plant that is definitely going to prefer more humid and warm conditions. Uh, typically, it is produced from cuttings. If uh, it is put under stress, you will see leaf drop. So if you're starting to see some leaf drop on your plant, try to figure out what stress factor you're giving it so that you can avoid it in the future. It is slow growing, but in time, it can eventually reach a couple feet in height. Aurelius. This is a Ming Aurelia here. Typically, it is a small variety. There are other Aurelias out there that get much, much larger. Uh, typically, a slow grower for this one. Some of the larger varieties are much more rapid in growth. Um, they can be used as a bonsai. They really do make a lot of great character in their roots. They do best between 65 and 85 degrees. It is a tropical, preferring a human environment. If you can't keep enough humidity, it's a good idea to mist your plants to keep the humidity up for them. If not, you can get some leaf burn. And these are typically produced from cuttings. Bromeliads is a really big category in the tropical and foliage. They're grown both some for their foliage and others for their flowers, depending on the variety. They're typically produced either from tissue culture or from cuttings. There's a very wide variety of colors available, as you can see in the photo there. Um, there are varieties both for indoor production as well as outdoor production. I have uh, probably about 500 bromeliads in my yard, so you can tell I like them quite a bit. And once it flowers, the mother plant will die, but it will typically pup off of that initial mother plant stem. Calatheas have really grown in popularity over the last several years. They're commonly known as the peacock plant. They come in a very wide selection of uh, varying colors as well as leaf size and shape. They definitely cannot tolerate cold temperatures. They do like low light requirements and are relatively quick growers. They like a lot of water, but don't like to be waterlogged. 
and will prefer an environment with 50% humidity or higher. Chlorophytum. I imagine everybody watching this video at some point has had a spider plant in their collection of plants. It is typically produced from pups that are growing off of the mother plant. It's one of the easiest house plants to grow. There's many different varieties available that vary in size and variegation. Some solid green, some green and white, some white and green, depending on where the uh, margin is. Uh, they do prefer bright light and are relatively quick growers. Cordyline is another common house plant, um, which we use in the landscape here in Florida. There's a wide variety of sizes and colors available in cordylines with just stunning, stunning leaves. These are typically produced from air layers to give you a nice big cutting that'll take off and grow quickly. They're utilized as both house plants and patio plants, as I discussed earlier. They prefer warm and humid conditions as most tropicals, and they are extremely prone to mites. So if you're growing these, you wanna be watching out for mites. Crotons are absolutely beautiful. They have a wide variety of coloration within their leaves, uh, many different varieties with different leaf shapes and sizes. They also prefer warm and humid condition. And like the cordyline, they're prone to spider mites. Indoors, they like bright indirect light, but outdoors can be grown in sun or shade. These are typically produced from cuttings. Cycus. This is a pretty common plant in the South. Um, they're produced from a actual cycad bulb that is produced offshore, dug up, and then the bulb is sent to the States and then rooted in here. They're a fairly slow grower, um, very drought resistant. They can be used both as a house plant or in the landscape in warm environments. And they are unfortunately very prone to scale. Diffenbachia, these are also known as dumb cane. It'll uh, give you a numbing sensation in your mouth if you chew on the canes. I don't recommend doing it. Uh, there are many different varieties out there with white and green variegation. Some that are dwarf varieties and some that get rather large. Uh, typically they're produced either from cuttings or from tissue culture and they prefer indirect bright light. Dracaena, this is a very large category that we could probably go into a separate presentation just for all the different types of Dracaena. There's over a hundred different species in the genera. Uh, they are typically produced by cuttings, cane, or air layer, depending on the, the type of uh, Dracaena and the size of the plant that you're looking for. They prefer bright, indirect sunlight. And one thing to be very careful of is they are sensitive to chlorine. If you have chlorine in your water, you're typically going to see tip burn on Dracaena. So it is better to produce these without any chlorine in your water. Betonias, these are cute little plants. 
I really like them. They're very good for small pot size or pot sizes. Uh, again, like most tropicals, they prefer bright indirect light and will burn with direct sun. They need to have a relatively high relative humidity. They're produced from cuttings. And like I said, they're a relatively small plant getting to a maximum size of six inches. And they have a wide variety of colors available within the genera. Gynura, this is uh, one of the first plants I ever had as a kid. Really neat purple fuzzy leaves. Uh, one thing to keep in mind with this plant is if you treat it really well, it'll flower. And that's something you don't want because the flowers have a very foul smell. So don't be extra specially nice to your plant because you don't want it to flower. They're fairly easy to grow. They like bright indirect light, typically produced from cuttings. And just like the other tropicals, they do like humidity. Hetera. There are both uh, perennial varieties of hetera as well as greenhouse varieties of hetera, um, typically known as ivies. They are prone to mites and bacteria. They have many different varieties available with a wide variety of leaf shape, size, and variegation. They prefer bright indirect light, and they're frequently used as a spiller in combo pots. Hemographis, the purple waffle plant. This one is grown predominantly for its foliage, although it will flower. It does best in partial sun or bright indirect light. There are several different varieties out there with purple and white variegation, typically produced from cuttings. They do like a moist soil, but don't like to be waterlogged. And they're a relatively small plant growing to a maximum of six inches tall. Hypoestes. This is a common bedding plant, but it's also used as a indoor house plant. Also known as the polka dot plant. They come in a variety of red, pink, and white variegations. They grow to a max of two feet tall, prefer warm, humid temperatures, um, indoors, they're going to prefer bright indirect light and shade outdoors. And these are typically produced from seed. Maranta. This is also known as the prayer plant. At nighttime, the leaves will actually fold up like praying hands. Uh, it's a very easy to grow house plant with multiple uh, varieties with green, red, white, and yellow variegations. They'll grow to about a max of one feet tall. Make sure to avoid uh, direct light as you can get burned. And these are typically produced from cuttings. Monstera. This has been a real popular one over the last several years with variegated versions selling for hundreds of dollars per pot. It's also known as the split leaf philodendron. It is definitely a large pot variety. This is not something, the Monstera Deliciosa, that you will want to put into small pots. It will quickly outgrow them. They prefer bright indirect light and are typically produced from seed. Nusa, also known as bananas, being used fairly frequently as uh, 
center items in combo pots. There's many varieties on the market from very short to very, very tall. Some even have some cold tolerance. They do have a very fast growth rate. They do prefer direct sun. And typically you'll get these produced from tissue culture. Not all varieties will have edible fruit. Peperomias are another nice small plant variety. There's over a thousand known species of peperomias. Typically they are grown just for their foliage. They will flower, but the foliage is the most attractive part. It is a very hardy house plant, prefers medium to bright light, and it's produced from cuttings. Philodendrons. There are both philodendrons that are vining varieties and non-vining varieties. Uh, they typically have a fairly fast growth rate, perform best in partial sunlight. The vining varieties are typically produced from cuttings, and the non-vining varieties are typically produced from tissue culture. So one of the most common uh, non-vining varieties is the philodendron birkin. And the one you see here in the photo is a vining variety that is Philo Brazil. Formiums. Formiums are typically used as a landscape plant, not as much as an indoor plant. They do prefer full sun locations in cooler environments, um, but in warmer environments, they are gonna prefer some afternoon shade. Typically grown for its gorgeous foliage, although it does produce a flower. And these are produced by dividing clumps. This is a very common uh, plant used in the landscape in California. Pilea, who hadn't seen the peperomoides in the last few uh, years. Um, obviously the most uh, popular one <laughs> recently, but there are over 600 varieties available. They rarely will flower in indoor settings, typically very easy to grow, prefer medium to bright light, and are typically produced from offshoots. Roeo. This is a favorite of mine, also known as the oyster plant. It is grown for its stunning variegated foliage. It prefers bright indirect light will grow to about a max of 15 inches tall and then will continue to just spread wide. Very, very easy to produce. And this one is typically produced from cuttings. Sansevierias. This is another one I think everybody watching this video has probably owned one at some point in their life, may own one right now. It's also known as the snake plant. They are very easy to grow. There's varieties that range from six inches tall all the way up to eight feet tall. They will thrive in bright light, but can tolerate many lighting conditions. And these are typically produced from divisions. Chefleras are also known as the umbrella tree. There's over 600 species of Chefleras. There's varieties that are both dwarf as well as large. They prefer bright indirect light. And you'll typically get these produced either from cuttings or from air layers. 
Skindapsis, also known as pothos. Uh, it's a vining plant with many different variegations. They're very easy to produce, prefer bright indirect light. And these are all typically produced from cuttings. This is one that you will get a lot of the stem cuttings. Um, you will not be necessarily getting this as all tip cuttings. Secrecia, purple queen, uh, used both as a bedding plant as well as a house plant with a beautiful purple color to its leaves. Typically grown for the leaves and not for its flowers, which are small violet to pink flowers, but rather insignificant. Very, very easy to produce. This thing will root just looking at soil. Uh, they prefer bright light, and it is typically produced from cuttings. Spathophyllum, very, very common houseplant, also known as the peace lily. There's varieties ranging from one feet to four feet in height. They are relatively easy to produce. They need bright, indirect light. And you'll find that most varieties of spath are produced from tissue culture, although there are some seed varieties on the market. Syngonium, also known as the arrowhead vine. This is one of the uh, most common varieties, white butterfly. It's a rather quick grower. Uh, there are other varieties with differing colors and variegations to the leaves. Relatively easy to produce. They like bright indirect light and typically you'll find that syngoniums are going to be produced from tissue culture. Tradescantia, another great houseplant hanging basket item. There's over 75 different species, very rapid growth rate. They are extremely easy to produce. You'll uh, often find them rooting under the benches where somebody's accidentally broke off a piece of the plant. Um, they're very suited to hanging containers due to the trailing nature. They prefer bright, indirect light. And these are typically produced from cuttings. The last one on my list are Zamiococcus, also known as the ZZ plant. They are very low maintenance. They're tolerant of extremely low light environments. They're highly drought tolerant. Um, typically, they're produced by division or cutting. Uh, they can even be produced by leaf cuttings, where just a leaf is stuck in the soil and a plant will root and grow from it. This is a really, really durable plant and uh, will work well in many different uh, environments within the house. So this is a quick, <laughs> somewhat quick, overview of uh, some of the most common genera in the tropical foliage side of things well and it's been a, a fantastic overview i've seen a lot in there that uh, i've seen at at garden centers um with very you know very healthy price tags on them uh plenty in there that i've had in my own house a few i have currently and uh it, it's really been fun to to take a look at some of those um i mean you talked about plants that are extremely trendy right now plants with multiple color and variegation options. Talked about some stinky plants, which is always uh, a fun a fun topic of conversation. Um, plants for indoor and outdoor use, plants with cold tolerance, and uh, 
even a plant that you didn't recommend eating. So now you know I want to try a Diefenbachia. Have you ever have you ever tried a, to eat a Diefenbachia cane? No, I just heard that it does not go well. <laughs> probably, probably a good decision. Well, Andrew, thank you so much for this this good rundown of A to Z genera of tropicals and foliage. I really appreciate it. It's great being here today. So we're going to wrap it up. I am Bill Calkins with Tech on Demand, wishing you all the best as you pick and choose your way through uh, what seemed to be an almost endless uh, opportunity to select tropical and foliage plants for your production mix. Hopefully this has helped you uh, uh, make, make a little bit of sense of this giant catalog available um, in plants that, that you can produce in a, a timely manner in the conditions and production environments that you can that you can achieve in your greenhouse and with uh, some knowledge of, of what consumers want these days. So uh, like I said in the introduction, the, the trends change quickly. So I encourage you to pay attention to, to the hot plants out there and, uh, and move quick to bring some of those into production. So on behalf of Andrew and uh, everyone at Ball who's working on the tropical plant market, we appreciate your business and support and take care out there.